Denver Broncos head coach Sean Payton said that Javante Williams will play in the NFL preseason. Will he? Will we see him next week, or will we see him maybe in week two in more capacity? You'll get that and much more from day eight of Denver Broncos training camp on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So if you're not done so already, make sure you subscribe or follow for free down below so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage, analysis, and more. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there, eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We talk about the right fit. Well, Javante Williams has seemingly been the right fit here for the Broncos offense since he's come into the league, and the Broncos are getting a massive boost with his return, his accelerated return, really this offseason, heading into the regular season. Now, one thing that we did not see last year from the Broncos was the starters playing in the NFL preseason. As we know, Denver's first preseason game will be next Friday against the Arizona Cardinals, and the starters are going to play. But right now, it's currently up in the air whether or not Javante will play in that first preseason game against the Cardinals or whether or not he'll play week two or week three. But you know what? Broncos head coach Sean Payton told us after Thursday's close practice that there is a chance that Williams plays. They just don't know exactly which week it will be just yet. But yes, starters are going to play, including... Javante Williams. He'll, he'll get reps. It, it may be we wait till week two. We haven't gone through the outline of the of the plays yet, but um, I, I like how he's progressing. And I think this is where the conversation kind of dives a little bit deeper into should he play week one? Should he play week two? Well, for Javante coming off of the ACL, making tremendous progress. And I and look, I think we should spend some time talking about that here. We, we've highlighted it a little bit in training camp, but for Javante to be exactly where he's at, and from my observation watching practice, to see him doing the things that he has done before, running through contact, having stability. And, and the one thing too, and this is just my experience from being someone who's torn the ACL, I'm always watching the footwork. I'm always watching the base. And, and Javante stays within his base. And he mentioned as well to us last week when he met with the media that back squats really helped him. I mean, he looks like he has a strength and his power that he had previously. So that is a, a good sign here early on. We know the plan with Javante and other guys with the major injuries is they're going to practice two days in a row with pads. That third day, it's going to be a load management day. That's the process they've had in place with Sean Payton, with new VP of player health and performance. We talk about Bo Lowry here. They're, I think they're doing a really good job with taking care of these guys that are coming off some of these major injuries. So that is a promising sign. But we also have to ask the question, if Javante plays in week one next week against the Arizona Cardinals in the preseason, how many carries should he get? And if he does play in week one, Will we see him play in week two? Because generally how it works, and we've seen teams do this as well, and I think that we're starting to get back to a point in preseason, maybe if you're you know, not a team that's coached by Nathaniel Hackett, 
but we're starting to see starters kind of go back because you only get three preseason games. You don't necessarily have to cut down your roster on a week-to-week basis anymore, which is a, a really cool thing here. But we usually see the first preseason game, okay, starters play maybe a series or maybe a quarter. And then usually see in that second preseason game, the starters will play a half, which to me I think is a great evaluating tool. And unfortunately, you know, when you look at it on paper, if the starters for Denver's offense were to play the starters of the 49ers defense, that would be a tough matchup. But I also think that would be a great challenge in the same right because of everything that we've seen at training camp, the offense obviously installing a new system here once again. How does Javante fit into the mix of that? I mean, that to me, I think is very, very interesting to monitor here. So if it were me, if I were on the coaching staff, if I was in charge of managing minutes, maybe I don't play Javante necessarily here in game one, but if I do, I'm probably not going to play him in game two, right? I think the number one thing you want to see here from the Broncos emphasis with Javante specifically is get him those carries. And, And to me, I think I would give him four to six carries in the game. And then I would pull him out kind of what the Broncos did a little bit last year with KJ Hamler. They got him some reps. They got him some run in the preseason with Brett Rippon. And look, he caught a couple passes, took a shot and got tackled, got back up. And, and that's why I think what you really want to see. And for Javante last week, he told us as well, he, he's looking forward to the time where he can lower his shoulder into somebody else. And, and look, you're not going to get that satisfaction doing that against your own team, but you can do it against another team. It does show you in a real game situation where every it doesn't matter in terms of the end game, but these reps that you do get in the preseason as a starting unit, it will matter. And for guys coming off injuries, I think it matters even more that they take that contact. For me, when Javante gets tackled, because look, he's going to get tackled low it, it, in the preseason. If he's out there, does he get back up? How does he manage that? Is there any jitters that you know come with that? that that's common to happen here with players coming off of a major lower leg extremity injury like Javante had done with. So I like the idea of that, but I also want to open it up to you, the listeners in Broncos country, if you're listening wherever you get your podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you drop in the comment section down below. Do you believe that Javante should play one preseason game? Do you think that maybe he should play week one, maybe for a couple of snaps, week two, maybe a quarter for him in this situation alongside Samaj P. Ryan, because we are going to see a healthy dose of Tyler Beatty, Tony Jones Jr., and undrafted rookie free agent sensation right now in practice, Jalil McLaughlin. Those three backs right there are going to get plenty of run in the preseason. So as you look for that running back three competition to obviously find someone to take the mantle and run with it, pun intended there, what do you do about Javante and Samaj? How does that balance look? And as a coaching staff, you don't necessarily want to tip your hand too much into what you're going to be doing. So these are things to monitor as the NFL preseason approaches. And and I'm excited about it. And and look, just I'd say observing Javante when we spoke to him, he's got this confidence to him that you don't see a lot of players coming off the injury that he did, considering at, at first how serious it was believed to be. He has gone through the rehab process and has tackled it with just grit. And and I would say that from players that I've spoken to, other players who were maybe on the injured reserve list last year that had surgery and that did a lot of the rehab at the facility, Javante was constantly in the building, grinding, working, trying to get back and, and not trying to do too much though, but doing everything in a controlled manner. And I think that's important. There will be times maybe where Javante deals with some knee soreness. I know coming back off of an injury like that, that's common for a lot of players who just came off of an ACL that they, they go through maybe a week or two contact and everything goes well they play in a game but then the next week you know they deal with knee discomfort or soreness that is normal 
But the question is, is how long does that linger? I think that's something the Broncos want to look at. They want to monitor continuously with him. I'd say throughout this entire season, that might be something just to keep an eye on here if you are a Broncos fan here. So we're excited to see it. Will Javante play in week one, week two? That remains to be determined according to Broncos head coach Sean Payton, but we are fixing to find out here very shortly. On the injury side of things, Javante's return is good news, but the Broncos, they received some bad news about a key player who has starter potential and a key contributor on special teams who will be out for the season with a major injury. What do the Broncos do with the inside linebacker position now? Well, you're going to get that on today's episode. Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. And August is here. And you know what that means. The official start of fantasy football drafting this month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. No waivers. No trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. The Broncos suffered their second major injury that ended a player season this week, unfortunately, in the start of Broncos training camp. How does it impact the depth at the position? You're going to get all that on today's episode of Locked On Broncos. Just real quick, want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for taking time out of your day to listen to us, to watch us either on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. If you have not yet subscribed to the show, but you want daily objective Broncos news content coverage every single day, all year long, Lockdown Broncos is the place to be. Love interacting with everybody in the comment section on YouTube. Love interacting with folks on social media. You can find me on X at Cody Work NFL. You can find me on threads as well with the same handle. Love interacting with you. Thank you so much for making the show exactly what it is. Lockdown Broncos would not be what it is without you, the avid listeners and members here in our community in Broncos country. Thank you so much. So let's get to some housekeeping items here. Unfortunately, the, the nasty part of the NFL season and even training camp at times, as we have seen, is there are going to be players and key players at times that get injured and either either lost for some time or are lost for the duration of the season. And unfortunately, we already know the news earlier this week with Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick tearing his Achilles during practice, missing the entire season that is coming here in 2023. The Broncos the next day had another player go out with a major injury, and that was Jonas Griffith. It's been a couple of days since we had heard an update, but Broncos head coach Sean Payton gave us some insight as to what had happened, what the injury is, and why Jonas Griffith will miss the entire season. He's going to go to he's going to go to reserve injured with an ACL. Um, you know, it's unfortunate because he's one of those guys who was rehabbing too. Saw him a lot and uh, trying to keep his spirits up. Obviously, that's a tremendous blow for the Broncos defense. When we talk about depth, because, hey, we've been on the show so many times saying, and if you watch the NFL, you see inside linebackers usually lead the NFL in tackles on each team. You know, it's always an inside backer was the most tackles defensively for that respective team. Last year, it was Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton. With Singleton leading the way entirely, Josie not that far behind him. You have to have good depth there because some of these guys are going to get banged up. And I think one thing last year that really stood out is Josie got banged up a little bit. 
Alex Singleton was banged up a little bit, but, you know, was able to kind of manage and stay in. He didn't necessarily have as big of an injury as Josie did last year. And you go through a gamut of guys and even your special teams guys that are at the inside backer position, they're going to get banged up a little bit as well. So you need to make sure you have really good depth at inside backer. And so with the loss of Jonas Griffith with the ACL injury, it's just unfortunate because this offseason he came in, he, he signed his exclusive rights, free agency tender to come back. He had some team control there. It's still there, but he's obviously now on the injured reserve list, which puts him out for the entire season. He will have surgery at some point and, and just wishing him well in his recovery, his rehab process. He's going to have a lot of support inside the Broncos locker room with the training staff and also with Bo Lowry and just teammates who have gone through it. So it's just an absolute gut punch to the Broncos. You, you don't want to lose any guy to injury. You don't want to lose any key guy to injury as well. And and Jonas had a chance, you know, this year, I think, to play some defensively in certain packages alongside Drew Sanders. And if, hey, there's an injury, Jonas Griffith is very capable of being a starting linebacker here in the NFL. So you lose that guy. And I think it kind of puts the Broncos linebacker position right now on a little bit of a, a bigger microscope here, even though the depth is really good. And, and we'll talk about that here on the show. It definitely, I think, makes your room for error a little bit more minimal, right? Because if any of your starters, Singleton or, or Josie Jewell, if they were to miss any time with an injury, you're now relying on a rookie and Drew Sanders, who, by the way, super, super talented, six foot five, rangy, athletic, and very, very smart from a football IQ standpoint. You see that, but when you get out there and you play NFL games, we have yet to see him play yet. So how does he look in his first NFL game, whether it's preseason, whether it's regular season? Does he rise to the occasion? There could be moments where a rookie thinks a little bit too much. I, I don't think that Drew Sanders is going to be in that boat. Based on what I've seen, I think he's got it. And if he is asked to play in a big role as a rookie, I think that he can do a really good job at it. But behind him, you have Justin Sternod. You have Ray Wilborn, who was on the practice squad last year for Denver late in the season. You have Seth Benson, who's an undrafted rookie free agent. And then the Broncos went out and they signed a new linebacker, obviously after placing Jonas Griffith on injured reserve. Austin Ajayki is going to be on the roster now. He played his college football at UNLV. He was deemed as a tackling machine there. He was also, and, and I was trying to think of it as well. I was like, why does this guy's name sound so familiar? Where did he come from? He was on the Broncos minicamp tryout roster with the rookie minicamp that the Broncos had had earlier in the offseason that we were able to attend. And so they, Sean Payton said they liked him. They brought him in for a workout amongst other linebackers. They liked what he brought to the table. And I'd say he's got some pretty good size to him. Looks like he's around 225 pounds. So he's got a perfect combination of, I, th I think, length, athleticism, but also size to where he can be able to, to be a little bit more physical. But he can play an athletic role here at linebacker. And also, I think they brought him in because he can also play on special teams. And that's where the Broncos are going to need him because that's where Jonas Griffith and Drew Sanders were going to play a lot alongside Justin Sternod this upcoming season. So that is something to monitor here overall for the Broncos. I, I think right now, still depth-wise, you look at it. I think that they are in good shape. And the, I think the one thing they can't afford right now is to lose maybe another guy to an injury. And unfortunately, we, we talk about it. It's going to happen, whether it's in practice, whether it's in the games. What can you do to maybe help reduce that risk there, especially if it's something that's freak? If it's just part of the game of playing a fast, physical contact sport, you can live with that. But, you know, in practice, you hate to lose guys to injury. And, and hopefully that is the last injury that happens at practice where the Broncos lose anybody. I hope that's not the case here going forward. Need to keep guys going up there. But this is also an opportunity for some other guys to step up. I had a chance to ask Broncos starting inside linebacker Alex Singleton on Thursday what type of blow it was to the Broncos position room at linebacker under new linebacker coach Greg Minuski losing Jonas Griffith at that position. Here's what he had to say. 
Yeah, I mean, that sucks. Uh, you know, Jonah's a huge part of our team. Uh, great in our room. Yeah, I mean, it it's, uh, it just sucks losing a guy like that. I hate ever, you know, you know how hard he works, everything he puts out there, and then to kind of go, you know, back to back with injuries like that, it it sucks. And you know, it's a you know a big part of our team. So yeah, uh, we're gonna, you know, guys are gonna have to step up, and that's you know, luckily in those situations, at least it's now, and they get you know three or four weeks to you know prove who who should be that guy. Singleton ultimately, he makes a really good point about you know you don't want it to happen to any guy, regardless, but. If an injury were to happen, right now is the ideal time because you have three weeks of preseason play to see other guys step into that role in Vance Joseph's defense now and see how they do. You know, there's going to be times where, let's say, the starters are out. The linebacker's probably going to have the green helmet, the green dot on their helmet to get the play call in. And I think for young guys like Drew Sanders, maybe it accelerates a little bit of what you expect of him this upcoming season. I think being a third-round draft pick and with the athletic traits he already has and the ability to create pressure, be able to cover tight ends, he can do that, cover running backs out of the backfield, and even cover some receivers if need be. I, I think for Drew Sanders, this is a great test to see, like, okay, hey, what can you show the Broncos here in year one as a rookie? Because I think the expectation overall was, hey, what a great opportunity is for Drew Sanders to learn from a veteran like Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, and maybe get involved in and maybe a dime package personnel there. But there might be a time where the Broncos do call his number. I think things are fine. I think this also maybe opens things up. I think for Justin Sternod, considering his value on special teams, I think that he now becomes a roster lock at that position. But it opens up a whole bunch of things here for the Broncos as they continue to ramp things up during training camp. Friday's practice will be with pads. Once again, Broncos country will be allowed to be in attendance there. And so, hey, if you see me, make sure you come say hi here. But we're going to watch the linebacker position for the next few days here at Broncos camp to see if the new inside linebacker addition, Austin Ajayke, seeing how he maybe fits into the mix to see push any of the other guys like Seth Benson, Ray Wilborn a little bit into the rotation. That's something we'll have our eyes on here at Broncos camp. But Broncos country, a lot of people are trying to figure out What's going on with the Broncos offense? Did they bounce back in Thursday's practice when they had some red zone opportunities here once again? And we talk about that and shut down some narratives. You're going to get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, you make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, wherever you get your podcast or even on YouTube. Well, for your second listen of the day, make sure you go check out the Lockdown NFL podcast hosted by a variety of local experts covering the biggest stories as training camp continues. You have the Hall of Fame game on Thursday night with the New York Jets. Obviously, they're on hard knocks, but any storylines come out of that with Zach Wilson or Mekhi Becton. Make sure you check out the Locked On NFL podcast for a recap of the Hall of Fame game and more. You get that on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. While the Broncos offense has struggled a little bit to start training camp, there were some promising things that we saw during Thursday's practice without pads that I think puts into perspective, hey, give this time. Good things could come. It's not going to be pretty at first. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Make sure you also subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, make sure you comment on the video, like the video for the algorithm, interact with other members of Broncos country. Thank you so much for being part of this community. Let's go through Thursday's recap of of practice here. Now, this was a media-only practice, and that meant that our reporting guidelines that we've usually been accustomed to when fans are in attendance – they went back into play. So if you were looking for play-by-play, you were looking for update-type stuff there, you simply were not getting it over until after practice had concluded here. But for the Broncos, no pads on Thursday. Let's take a look at some players who are in attendance, some players who are not. 
Kareem Jackson, Kwan Williams, both of these guys got veteran days off. So for the most part, you had helmets, you had shoulder pads and shorts. We call that shells here. There was still some physicality, but it wasn't as intense and wasn't as physically ramped up as padded practices have been at the Centura Health Training Center. But for Sean Payton and the Broncos offense, it was utilizing more time to get some more red zone work from different angles. And a new wrinkle was added during Thursday's practice. Officials were present. NFL referees flew in. They had a presentation the night before, according to Sean Payton, on some of the new rule changes that are being implemented this season. And also, they're in for a few days. It allows them to go back and watch practice, look at tape when they have their team meeting. And then it gives Sean Payton what he said, the chance for players to ask, ask officials directly why they called that or why they didn't call something to get perspective on how to play. Now, you know me. I'm a defensive back guy. I'm a defensive guy at heart. I still feel like there were some plays in some one-on-one -on -one settings, some group periods where refs th threw a flag for defensive pass interference or defensive holding when simply, in my opinion and my expertise, it simply was not the case. And the defensive guys were fired up about it as well on some of those plays. It feels like the NFL has taken away the ability to minimize what defenses can do. And specifically, when you talk about how pass-happy the NFL is now in today's game, it makes it so difficult for defensive backs who already have one of the more difficult jobs in the NFL outside of playing the quarterback position. To me, I just hope that they address this because you have to be able to be physical at times with some of these bigger receivers or tight ends that you're going to go against. And, for example, you make a great play where you don't negate his opportunity, the receiver's opportunity to catch it. You get your hand on the hip. You bring your ball side hand forward. That should not be flagged in any way, shape, or form. But we'll see what the NFL decides to do. But the first seven-on-seven seven period here that we saw on the afternoon on Thursday, the Broncos first-team O, first-team D, second-team O, third-team O, and those respective defensive units each got an opportunity to kind of hold things down a little bit. The Broncos first-team offense was up first, and hey, Russell Wilson found Cortland Sutton on one play, found Jerry Judy on another play. They were able to move the ball. I, Cortland Sutton did get into the end zone on one catch on a catch-and-run there. It was It's sometimes hard to tell because he'll catch it, He'll run through the end zone, but then the referee will say, you know, he's down at the one. I'm not sure if they just simulate that, but I thought that Cortland Sutton had scored a touchdown from Russell Wilson early on in that period there. Then the Broncos had a couple of other plays. Russell Wilson was looking for Jerry Judy, who Patrick Sertan was on tightly contested coverage, knocked it away. It was a pass breakup there. A good back and forth between the first team O and the first team defense in the seven on seven red zone period. But Let's talk about the second team as well. Jarrett Stidham and Ben DiNucci, the third team quarterback. You're going to see these guys play probably a lot more than Russell Wilson, but overall in seven on seven, Stidham came in, he had a very efficient period. Now he had his first four passes that he threw. Three of them were for touchdowns. The very first play from him was a touchdown pass to Albert Okuwebunam in seven on seven. The second one was to Marvin Mims and the third and final touchdown that he had threw was to Kendall Hinton. So the Broncos have been mixing and matching a lot of different wide receivers, including some of the first-team receivers with the second and third teams, getting them some run, testing the opposing defenders, and also giving different looks as well for those units with good defensive players on that other side of the ball. So that was that. Ben DiNucci also got involved in the mix as well, throwing a couple of passes, getting some running backs involved, but Tyler Beatty would also cap things off with a touchdown catch and run from Ben DiNucci. And that would really end the seven-on-seven seven period as the period moved on and practice went on. They went through some special teams drills. They went through some individual stuff. But toward the end of practice, once again, it's team emphasis red zone. And this is where you didn't have the lower, you didn't have the pants, right? You just had the shorts. You had the shoulder pads. You had the helmet. 
some physicality there. But once again, the Broncos defense and Vance Joseph putting pressure on the offense out of a four-man front. And look, there's different things that are happening. I can't go into detail because I'm not allowed to say certain things here. But the way that Vance Joseph is creating pressure out of certain looks is very impressive. And it helps when you have guys who are healthy like Randy Gregory, Jonathan Cooper, Frank Clark, and Zach Allen being a very, very big part of that. I, I really think that based on what I've seen at practice, if these guys stay healthy, Zach Allen is going to create one-on-one opportunities for outside linebackers. And when there are some opportunities for the outside linebackers to be disruptive, Zach Allen, his high motor that he has, he's going to create hell for opposing quarterbacks. It's going to be very hard for those guys to just stand in the pocket and deliver countless pressures on Russell Wilson here once again. And then after that, the Broncos, they closed out practice with a little bit of a Field goal PAT block emphasis, not necessarily an emphasis on the kicking game, even though they had Elliott Fry and Brett Maher kick. They had Maher and Elliott kick extra points, which they had made, and then they backed it up a little bit. They had them kick from 48 yards. Both players missed from 48. Both players missed from 51 there as the defensive guys. One thing that they did, they simulated, okay, we're jumping, we're getting side, especially for the outside guy. But they were yelling like the defensive guys were, ah, they were making noise there and trying to throw the kicker off. So we asked Sean Payton about that that particular period there, and he had told us there's not much to invest in that. Now, on Friday's practice, there might be opportunities where, hey, the kicking competition will heat up a little bit because they're going to be doing the two-minute offense. They're going to be moving the ball. It's a highly competitive period for the first team, second team, and third team units, and the kickers are going to be involved if they get into a situation where they have to kick a field goal. So something to keep an eye on as we'll monitor during Friday's practice at the Centura Health training center but overall for the Broncos Thursday practice not too much to gain from it outside of plays on air we met with Jerry Judy after practice we met with Alex Singleton as you had seen and we also got a little bit of a side scrum with Broncos rookie safety J.L. Skinner who says he you know he kind of plays with a linebacker mentality he that was somebody that a, a media member said that he played that way and he said you got to be physical in this game because it is a physical game some dudes are going to try to out physical you but you have to be the guy that matches that physicality, and you certainly see that. He's picking things up, learning from guys in that safety room there for the Broncos. But Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. That'll wrap up today's episode of the show. Sarah Bettinger and myself will be back tomorrow because, hey, even though the Broncos practice on Friday, we'll have a recap. They also practice on Saturday. We'll have a recap. That means more shows for you, the avid listeners in Broncos country that want to know what's actually going on in Dove Valley. We have you covered every step of the way. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.